0: Welcome to Strange Familiars. How are you
1: doing, Tim? I'm doing fine, Allison. How are you tonight?
0: I'm doing well.
1: We have a very interesting show tonight. I will be talking with Michael, who has some Bigfoot encounters, but they're not way out in the middle of the wilderness. They're right inside his town. They're not on Main Street. (laughs) I'd be kind of curious how that works. Yeah. Like if Bigfoot has an apartment. There was a Bigfoot sighting in Baltimore, I believe, in the, I think it was in the 1970s, like somewhere along... What's the creek? The falls. The Jones Falls Creek. Oh, really? Like somewhere. But it was like within the city limits of Baltimore. Really curious about that one. I, I read about it and I never was able to like dig up the details.
0: It's entirely possible no one would notice.
1: A <laughs> Bigfoot in Baltimore. Yeah. They're there regularly. Yeah. They just don't stand out. Exactly. But yeah, he's he's having these like sort of Bigfoot encounters that are in these wooded areas and stuff, but they're kind of again, within the town limits or on the edge of town and stuff. And he's got some other strange stuff that goes along with it. Very interesting stories from Michael coming up. Before we get to Michael's story, just want to thank our patrons. Thank you, patrons. Thanks for all you do. Thanks for your support. We could not do Strange Familiars without our patrons. They help us make this content, and they get extra content for it. Two full extra episodes of Strange Familiars every month for our patrons. So if you like what we do and you'd like to get more content, more strange familiars. You can go to patreon.com/strangefamiliars, check out all the different tiers of support there. There are monthly payment options, there are yearly options. You get a discount if you do the yearly option. But no matter what tier of support you choose, you get those two full extra episodes of strange familiars every month. Go ahead and check it out. patreon.com/strangefamiliars. We've got some patron shows upcoming soon for this month. I think they're all going to be on a theme should we, we give away the theme? I don't know. I think we better record them first because we're not sure whether <laughs> they're going to be two shows or three shows or more. We're going to record them and see how they break up. There might be two shows or three shows or we'll see. We have to record them first. There's a lot of content to kind of spread out throughout the episodes. I guess we could give a little hint.
0: Yeah. Is this part considered part of the cryptid phenomenon or this is like tangential monsters? I would
1: say it's tangential <laughs> paranormal stuff.
0: This is something we haven't returned to in a while. Vampires.
1: Yeah, with maybe a little side dash of uh, reanimated things, if we get into that.
0: It is summertime. Haunted summertime.
1: (laughs) And there's your hint. All right, so let's go ahead and talk to Michael. tonight we're talking with michael who has some stories to share with us you said the magical word you said bigfoot so i'm excited to hear about that and it sounds like some of these encounters happen in town is that correct
2: all of them that's in town in m- m- my backyard in my neighborhood
1: See, so, yes. Yeah, see that's super interesting I've come across in, in doing research for where the footprint's end. and I've, you know, people have had Bigfoot encounters in the middle of cities and parks, and I've actually been called out on some encounters that were in people's backyards and residential neighborhoods. So it does happen. And I've said oh. before that people often think you need, you know, hundreds of miles of untapped wilderness to have a Bigfoot encounter, and it, it really doesn't seem like you do. They can be a lot closer than anyone realizes.
2: I totally agree with you. In fact, all the ones that I've filmed if I look to my left I can see the tree where I where the head popped out and all the entities along with it and I got the other ones uh, one of the best places i filmed them are actually there's a ravine directly there's a stream and wood directly running next to Kroger's you know let's talk about this because I listened to you about there's like certain topography and certain things that seem to have there's a correlation a connection maybe like you brought up Cory's just mm-hmm, sure. a mile west of me mile and a half this was called Centennial Cory and one is a is a uh, they turn it into like a swimming like place mm-hmm. and where they have concerts and all that kind of stuff but there are other ones there's like five or six of them so the, and, and there's a stream that runs right through the middle of my town okay it's called Ten Mile Creek as it goes east towards Lake Erie it's called ottawa river then it runs into the bay the mommy bay there's like a stream that just over here that connects it as well about oh it's a quarter of a mile from where i'm sitting and my town is called sylvania ohio i'm directly on the border of michigan okay okay and, I, and a lot of people say, well, I don't want to tell you the name and all that, I understand, but where I come from, where I'm at at this point, I don't care if they send a whole platoon of people here to research this place. The only thing that's going to happen is it's going to validate everything that I've gone through. You know what I mean? That's how I see it. Right. And right. you're not going to be able to run these things out. And you're not going to be able to bring your guns and everything in because it's the middle of town. So I don't have to worry about that. And if you're trying to find something from me, you know, physical, no, that's not going to happen either. You know what I mean? I got, And I share all my images. I could give I'll give all my images to anybody because I want people to know what's going on. But So there's stream going on. My first major sighting was in the middle of a Roman Catholic cemetery which I, where there was a what I call a nest. Also, on the other side of the stream that I said is east of me, a quarter of a mile that connects into 10 Mile Creek. There's a huge cemetery as well. There's cemeteries. There's a whole bunch of trees, and that's a big issue when it comes to Bigfoot and then of course there's the orb things that i experienced there's the ufos and all this is super super we got super 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 high strangeness the moment i decided to go out in the field myself and once they realized that i realized the game was on for them
1: that's interesting that's super mm-hmm. interesting really because there's this idea, and many big foot witnesses have said that once you see them, then you will see more. And I find that very interesting. I don't think that it's necessarily um, people learning how to spot them. you know I think there's more to it than that.
2: They're watching us. and not only are they watching us, whenever everyone that I've that I filmed has never been alone. There's always a whole bunch of other entities with them of different sizes and shapes. Some people will call, will call them spirits. Mm-hmm. But from my research and researching the stars and if it's in the sky and what they're doing down here, there's a huge connection with all of it. I know we all say there's no such thing as an expert, but I can say one thing. I'm an expert in my own opinion what I've seen.
1: Well, that's and what you know, we experience. want, that, and that's and, That's very valuable to me, and that's why I try to let witnesses frame their own experiences, because you were there, I wasn't. Let's get into it. How did it first start happening? What was your your first experience with these things?
2: In 2017, I was super, super fed up with everything. And I was this dude, and I still am. I'm a person that believes in the God of the Bible, the Lord of all spirits. I could care less if you believe it or not. I'm not going to push it on you, but I just know from my experience that it really was important. But at the time, I was so dis uh, discouraged because what I, because I intensely studied the, the 66 books of the Bible. Besides that, it really was crushing my faith in God and all that. And I want to go a completely different direction. I was this guy was a truther, right? So I was doing, sharing all this different stuff that's going on. So what was the one thing in the world, the most forbidden, foreboding thing in the world, if you're true through the research, is Bigfoot. Everyone thinks it's a joke, right? I thought it was a joke. I said, well, you know what? This is my way of giving the big middle finger to everybody. I'm going to go research Bigfoot, and I'm going to share it with the rest of the people. And so I started interviewing these people that had experiences with Bigfoot. And I gave them the opportunity. And I said, you know, I'm not going to judge these people. I'm just going to I'm going to find out for the truth for myself. I've, I've learned how to research. I have a background, by the way, folks. And uh, for whatever it's worth, I mean, I'm in the 90s, going to college and university. And there's a big push in you throughout the United States. And environmental science, that's the big thing they did to do, right? So I got involved in that. I degree in environmental management. I was working on the degree in environmental management and environmental science. I was working for an environmental consulting firm. I was the type of dude that started my own business designing nature trails and greenscaping, designing bogs and, and wildflowers meadows and you name it you know what i mean i was really into the whole thing and i wanted to really prove to the developers and all that and the importance of preserving as much of the parcel land that they were developing or restoring it because i learned real fast that people want to have trees and something they want something green between them and their neighbor's backyard they will pay extra money for it. And always this person who was involved in nature in the same places, some of the same places as a child that I was tromping around in the woods or along the creek in the end would turn around and end up seeing these things, right? Fascinating, I think it is. Oh, right? yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, It comes yeah.
2: back to this familiar spears type of thing, right? And And it could possibly be a connection. I don't know. But one thing is, as I was learning and learning, I was hearing all these different people, everyone's different perspectives, and I was hearing the same kind of rote, programmed responses and what Bigfoot is and what's not. And I found, you know, I'm going to have to go out on my own and do this. There ain't no way I'm going to know for real if there's anything is legit or not so I decided where I'm at Northwest Ohio, they have this called oak openings. And this used to be a very unique place. It used to be the Black Swamp. You should be able to ice skate all the way from southeast Michigan all the way to the Maumee River in the wintertime. We we're talking about a 30 to 40 mile. You could go from that, literally that's how people have traveled, because that's it was a swamp. It was black swamp full of trees and all that kind of stuff. And then there was this meadow. So Uh, We called oak opening Savannah, in which at one time there were like wild bison here and all that kind of stuff. You know, it was a unique place in America, and of course we wiped it all out. But at one time, this was going on, and so I decided I was going to go into Oak Openings Park there, and said that probably be best place where I'm at to see tree structures and maybe see Bigfoot, right? Mm -hmm. So, of all things, and being ignorant, not really believing anything else, the team took my my son. At the time, it was, ten, it was six. And I said, well, you know, we'll just drop around the woods and have fun. You know what I mean? Well, anyways, I go into the, into the park and drive a couple miles in. And I had learned enough about tree structures and all that and what to look for. And I said, this looks there's an X structure over here. And that was on the other side of the street. So I pull on the side and there's like sand dunes there. And we have like like native cactus here where we're at now called Prickly Pear. So I'm like, well, that doesn't look like I'm going to find too many extra structure or tree structures there. I'll go into the woods there. I know literally, I'm not kidding, direct 90-degree angle from my car going straight into the woods, no more than 25 feet in the woods, go past the edge of the woods right into it, and there's a massive tree structure. I don't know if I send it to you, but it's huge. It's one of these things with huge trees you're making like the teepee shape thing in which me and my son could literally walk under it and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, wow, is that easy? And that was the beginning of the high strangers. And he just got weirder from there, dude. And I'm telling you, man, I decided when I came back into town, I said, you know, because my MS and all that, there's no way I'm going miles into the woods. It's just not going to do it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: My health is not going to allow me. So I'm going to have to figure out a way to find tree structures and everything and then signs of Bigfoot closer to the road. So I started going places like whenever there might be groves or a patch of trees or something that might indicate some kind of bigfoot stuff. And this is like within a week and a half later, I'm at this Roman Catholic cemetery on a road called ravine and in there there's a, there's what some people call a holler, right okay And with the, with a stream that goes through it it's, it's only about two feet wide but it's constantly growing and there's this tree a massive tree it's big i mean we're talking bare minimum 60 feet tall with at least a two and a half to three foot diameter trunk and about four feet up and there is no reason for this it's just like something decided and there's no tornadoes no storms no nothing like something just decided to just take that and push that thing over into the ravine. And so it was a big break. I got a couple pictures of it. I had a lot more pictures of it as time went on. I got so frustrated and freaked out from all the high strangeness. I got rid of a lot of stuff because I just didn't want to see it. I didn't want to look at the images. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I don't know if you've ever just gone through that. It just like makes you sick and internally looking at it, these. I call them entities or spirits. I've it's- had to
1: take a break from it. There are times where it just the experience of it just gets overwhelming. For me, I just have to take a break for a while.
2: So in the course of about a week to two weeks, I'm, I'm starting to, to see these things, feel these things. And in this ravine, what happened was I'm looking into the ravine and paying attention to what's going on. And I'm seeing what looks like black heads popping out uh, behind this tree. And it's a big tree, man. It's got all these big branches, right? And it still have the leaves on it, right? And it's huge. And so the tree, when it fell over to this ravine or whatever, pushed it over to this ravine, which what I believe happened because there was no way. I understand, you know, somebody understands, botany and, and behavior trees and if they're infested with certain types of insects and well, what happened, there's nothing naturally that caused that thing to fall over mm-hmm. the way it did and break the way it did. It took extreme amount of force to push that thing over into this ravine. And the branches are high. They're up to like 15, certain parts, you know, 15 feet high, right? And it's covering the ravines, covering the stream and all that kind of stuff. But on the other side, I'm seeing like these black, it looks like black heads, but it it can't really distinguish the face. You can't really distinguish anything else other than this like blackish type, conish type pyramid type thing is popping up and there's more than one. I started realizing maybe that might be what people call as a Bigfoot nest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe that's what it is. And I wasn't going to climb into that anything and I, in the ravine. And we're talking, when I say I'm seeing this, I'm talking it was no more than 25, 30 feet away from my face. Okay. So it's not like 100 yards away or 200 yards away. Prior to hooking up with this Crow Indian shaman to practice dark shamanism, dark magic. And I uh, you will find out as I'm like doing research and there was a Friday night prior to uh, doing this super high strange. Does any you have one of those moments when you're doing you're in the field or you're in the moment you're and time seems not only to stop, but it just seems like this heavy like uh, the, the ether seems to be heavy. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Oh, yes. And I was, like you're cutting through something besides air. Mm-hmm. And i'm walking around town i'm on and now in a, the other cemetery because there's a deep howler or, or a ravine the, of that one little stream that i said is a quarter mile east of me that goes eventually into the 10 mile creek so it's deep and i figured you know maybe there's something going on there right mm-hmm. so i then go to like was now is it was turned into a, a bunch of apartments I-class apartments, time. this beautiful field and from a hundred yards, and I'm in the field and maybe, no more than a hundred yards, then there's the edge of the 10 mile creek, and there's a creek, and there's a path as well, it goes. This is now the beginning of August, it's super humid, and I see, not in the corner of eye, but I watch this image, this entity, go from west to east, on the north side of the creek, and it was brown-beigeous, and it was big. And the way it moved, it was like somebody was like, you ever you heard it like they've described it, and people talk about this, they see a, this Bigfoot or Sasquatch, is almost like it looked like they're a cyclist mm-hmm. going, you know what I mean, because it goes so fast, right? Yeah. And I watched this thing, one, two, three, and it covered uh, from east to west, easily, 80 yards 100 yards i'm like and it was big and the first thing I thought, that must have been a cyclist on that path even though it's a path it's not really meant for cyclists to go that fast it's a path and it's paid but it's really more for walking you know what i mean it's got holes and everything you know just neglect type of thing it's not really i mean, you can ride your your mountain bike or, or something that's off road but it's not really designed for somebody that to be some racing bike you know a bravo bianchi or something like that going down be you know I mean, that fast and i'm looking at them in this basement like, is that dude wearing a hoodie there's so many weird things that happened that night not the beginning of the strangest because they're already happening Because i'm already seeing those things in the ravine and the, the cemetery the catholic cemetery right mm-hmm. that south and it's about a quarter, less than a quarter mile from where I'm seeing this thing, where 10 Mile Creek is, right? And that ravine has a stream that eventually goes into 10 Mile Creek. I see this thing and it goes so fast. And I'm like, that cannot be a person on a bike. And who the hell would in the middle of August wear a hoodie going that fast and riding their bicycle? No mm-hmm. one's going to do that. I mean, you'd be insane. To do. It was super humid that night. It means, like I said, you just, there was something going on at the area. You could cut it like a knife. There's nobody that would be comfortable or would do that. I don't know anybody would do that, honestly. would would have a, that hoodie covered over their head, heavy, type, look like a heavy shirt hoodie. Mm-hmm.
1: What you're describing, I mean, I've had a similar thing where I was in that area we call Site 7. It was a very warm day. I don't know if it was August or September, it was about 85 degrees, but very warm. And I heard something in the brush beside me. I looked over, and I saw what I first thought was a, a guy in a hoodie. I Thought it was a guy wearing a gray hoodie. And then I thought, why is he? It's so hot. Why is he wearing a you know a hoodie in this weather? Just caught it for a second, and then it, it tore off through the brush. You know, I don't know exactly what you saw, but I certainly had a very similar kind of sighting myself.
2: Well, this, like I said, if just imagine a guy that's hunched over on a bicycle. I'm not looking at his legs and his arms. I'm just looking at the back.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's massive. And from from what I can tell from, because of the distance, all that, the size of the thing, it had to I mean it was bigger than a human being. It had to be three times as big as a human being. Wow. You know, I mean, it was massive. And so I'm walking around, and I'm doing this stuff, like, but, Kate said to do like you know make these crosses and gifting you know, and all. I didn't know that I was doing. I had no idea it was going to be bringing trouble to my life. I just thought I was you know just see what happens. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I have never seen these. I believe that these people believe that, and I believe these people had experience, but I never had any experience. So it was, and I somebody somebody's always been in the woods and for one re- reason or another, you know what I mean?
3: Sure.
2: And so eventually, I go home that night. You know, you have these. Ethereal, supernaturals, unexplainable moments. I mean, it's not the same thing as seeing a, a, a herd of deer or something cool that natural. You know what I mean? Where you remember it, but it's not doesn't impact you the way this this moment impacts you. You don't forget these moments because they go right into your soul. Mm-hmm. Now I've seen the heads pop up, and I now see something that's that's not black. It's beige and it's moving. And by the way, in my journey there are black ones and there's many kind of with like a dog face but it's an elongated kind of weird face and i get damaged and then the brown ones i have more of the what we call the ape-like face and we hear about the soup and i didn't really hear about that until after having these experiences right? That there's kind of a difference, you know what I mean, in face and shape and size. So the brown ones are now wearing massive. And so, what happens then a couple days later? There's when I meet the crow medicine man that had no business being in downtown Sylvania Pier. But the night before, I'm talking to my big brother. He lives in Northern California and he's seen Bigfoot, what they call Sasquatch, him and 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 I think it was the sun. they were horseback riding, and they saw it on the other side of the major stream that runs through, I think it's Paradise, California, or outside of it. The same place that burned down a couple years ago, that Paradise. Mm
3: -hmm. He lost lost
2: his home in that, ironically. A lot of strange things happened to people personally in my life during this time period. But anyways, so he saw it before, and we're talking. I said, Eric, I don't think these are what the people are saying. I don't think that from what I'm seeing and what I'm experiencing, they're not behaving like flesh and blood animals or primates. To me, if this is what spiritual is, and you're talking to a guy who didn't even believe in spiritual, this is what it seems like. Mm -hmm. They're behaving and moving abnormally. They're not moving like normal creatures. And they seem to be aware of who I am, and they're giving me signs and all this. And, he, you know, he's on the phone, and he has this prediction or prophecy, and he's a, very, he's a very, very religious dude. My brother says, you know what? If you recognize and you realize it is a spirit, I do be not surprised that you're going to end up running into Native Americans. And I go, why is that? And he goes, because, because they understand what's really going on. Well, okay, uh, well, I don't think to myself, how in the hell am I ever going to meet a Native American? there's a jibbo, I drive Northern Michigan, but there's no like reservations sitting around for me for hundreds of miles. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's uh, the Rust Belt farm communities. That's what it is, or basically, right? I'm like okay, oh, the next freaking day, so I go to uh, all the places Little Caesar to get some. I was hungry, and I didn't want to cook, and I didn't want to spend a lot of money. And, a decent pizza so i went to little caesars you know what i mean that's what you do so weird. and so i get this and as i'm coming out to my car from little caesars once again west of me this dude's walking in the street and i go that dude don't fit at all he's all dressed in black he's got that long black hair he's got long, long black hair long black and gray hair He's got the face of what I recognize as somebody who's truly a Native American, one hundred percent, and he's walking in the middle of. It. And here's the other thing, and the reason other, another reason why I really thought about it because during this these couple of week period, because I start doing all this, just looking around town, doing what the average person wouldn't do or recognize. You know what I mean? Because what's the, the average person is not going to be driving around their town looking for Bigfoot tree right.
3: structures right,
2: right so down the hill from where little caesar is and where there's like a shopping plaza with all these restaurants there's a big dumpster right but down the hill i'd say 20 yards going down i find this absurdly it's not a big one but this it, there's a teepee structure and it's right next to like an office building and it's along this the strip where there's a uh, the, the incline hill that goes from uh, restaurants and all that, right? Then it's all like woods. It's like a grove type of thing. Think of a grove. And then there's a street. And in there, on the west of this parking lot, this, uh, where the, the uh, west side of this grove starts, and literally there's a path that leads up into, like some economy is going from the, where this teepee structure is to this dumpster, right? Mm-hmm. It's not very far. And I'm like, this is really Was st- What's it doing in the middle of town? Do people know what's going on? So there's a teepee structure. This state of American is walking the one place that never should, nobody walks. So I meet this guy, and I'm motivated to talk to him because my brother just said, you know, hey man, you're gonna run running across Native Americans. So
1: did you just walk up to him and say hello? Like Well, like-
2: I took my car and I pull and I and I'm on the other lane going towards the main drag work and go back home. And I, I turn my window down and said, Hey man, do you know about that teepee structure down there? And he goes, Yeah. And I go, Hey man, do you, would you hey I got some pizza, you want to talk? He said, yeah, he's kind of, kind of rough, you know what I mean? Looked like he probably actually could have yeah, some pizza. But that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, wait a minute, this guy knows about the teepee structure, and he's a dead ringer for a Native American. So I talked to him. I give him some pizza and I said, hey, man, what's your name? He says, Crow. Crow. I said, well, why, do you, why do you go by Crow? He said, well, I'm a Crow Indian. We're talking. I said, you know about that? What's going on with that TP structure? And, and, you know, he looks at me. You know what's going on. They were, I go, Do you know about Bigfoot and Sasquatch and all that? And so, oh, yeah, I've seen them in Montana and Northern California and all that. And we're talking. I said, and, you know, I don't know from Adam, but, man, I finally find somebody that actually can relate to my experience. And it's getting dark now. It's, it's like when I'm talking, the first darkness is about half an hour between that time. I guess, would you go twilight from which, you know, from light to gets dark, mm-hmm. like dark, dark. And I'm talking to him and he's, you know, in the process, I'm saying, what are you doing? He's been walking around and all that stuff. And I go, where do you live? And he tells me where he's supposed to live, which I know is like five miles away. And I'm like, well, I mean, I'll, I'll drive you home and we can talk. And I said, but, Oh yeah, you know what, dude, I believe I found what is called, the nest, the Bigfoot. Because he said he knew that there was Bigfoot down there. And the process of this conversation, and right?
1: Wh- where you saw the tree structure?
2: Where we saw the tree structure along 10-mile creek. Because the okay. creek is like 100 yards from that tree structure south. Anyway, I said, hey, man, you want to go check out? I found, I think it was a, a nest. It's in a ravine. And believe it or not, it's in the middle of a freaking cemetery, dude. He goes, yeah, man, let's go check it out. So we go over, drive over there. It only takes a couple of minutes to get there. Like I said, it's a quarter mile and it's real pleased, you know, to get to. Easy to get to. We get there. We pull in there. And I said, man, you see that? See where that tree is in a ravine there? And it's real close to us. This, what, 20 yards away, 25 yards away. And I said, man, I swear to God, I'm seeing heads pop up on the other side there. I swear to God. And in this ravine, it's got the grass. It's just it's, it's been like growing. They've so they've kind of neglected. It's got small trees growing around. And the grass is, you know, several feet high and all that. And it's got this damn tree It's now the leaves are like brown, but they're still on it. Right. So, you know, we're at the edge of this, the ravine. There's like a drive and it's, it's only five feet from the where the ravine starts or the holler. It's cleared out there where we're at. I found a spot. It's a good spot to, just to to view it. I said, Yeah, man, this is where it's at. And he starts doing that traditional Bigfoot call that everyone does, right? Which I can't do because my MS and all they can't even do. It. But you know what I'm talking about? That, oh, yeah, like the howl. Well, wow. Yeah. How. Mm-hmm. And he does it like he's done it before he knows what he's doing, right? Damn this thing, those heads pop up. Two mm-hmm. of them. And it's getting dark, right? two very black heads pop up on the other side of this fallen tree with the branches on that, And he goes, man, you see that? You look at it. You see it. I said, yeah, man, you see the two eyes. There's like two heads, man. What that? He goes, did you see the eyes shine? And I go, no, I don't see any eyes. I just see two very black cone, like heads popping up. And then the guy, he has peach in his hand, right? He throws a freaking pizza in there. A piece of pizza. Hmm. Now, this is where I start to really realize there's something seriously wrong with what people are telling me what Bigfoot is. Because the next moment, one of them goes from one side of that tree to the other side of the tree, going up the ravine where we're at. And the damn thing is huger than hell. I mean, Sorry for the language, but when you see one of these things, there ain't no way in hell that would. I mean, this thing was massive and it was doing, you know, somebody talk about the spider crawl. Well, I would say it's more like crawling up the ravine like a frog and its legs were bent like a frog and its hands were bent like a frog and it was massive. The arms were massive, the body was massive, the head was the cone head thing, you know, it's, but it wasn't huge, but it was sticking up. And the thing had to be at least 90 feet tall, at least. Wow. And I'm telling you, it, no, listen to what I'm saying here. The one side of this tree that easily these branches are what, from one end to one, another end, 20 yards spread, going up maybe 15, 20 feet high. No way in hell anything that size, heck, a a, a, a fox, a deer would have a hard time getting through that, right? It went from one side and just like that to the other side. And the first thing I think, did that thing just jump over all that and get right there? I it had to be between 10 and 15 feet. I say 15 feet. I was still 15 feet, right? It was fifteen yards to 15 feet. From the on our side of the ravine as it was crawling up. So it was that that's going about half the distance, right? And the body was used, most of that was covering it. And remember, this is now, it's crawling like a frog, and I'm saying nine feet. I can't even imagine the size of it, if it would have stood up straight. Mm-hmm. The size of it and the weight of it, there is no way, if it would have jumped, the earth would have freaking shook.
1: Right. Yeah, you would hear you can hear squirrels yeah. jump in the woods and, and, and squirrels sound massive sometimes and they're just little squirrels. You know? Yeah, if
2: you're if a two hundred pound guy, if you would have jumped a couple feet, you definitely would have heard it, right? right.
1: If not felt it. Yeah.
2: Felt it. This size didn't hear it. And not only that, didn't hear it breaking all the branches up to go through it. Because mm-hmm. the branches didn't break. So I, I I'm thinking to myself and go, how did the hell something that big that's supposed to be flesh and blood either jump that fast that high that close or go through those branches and the answer is nothing flesh and blood could have done that right period right. and while it's crawling up this is more of another that i can I never forget the shimmering of the body and the shimmering of like every hair on it It was like it was electrical
3: hmm.
2: or it was like how do you describe something like all its hair was like it seemed to be It looked appeared as all raised, right and it's shimmering there's almost like electrical shim to it but it was still jet black and it was so jet black that even in the dark because there was no light where we're at there's no street light no nothing we didn't bring a flashlight it was so black that you could still distinguish it from the darkness of the night you know wow. going from yeah, you know what man. I'm saying and this is not something that is unique I, apparently other people have seen this recognize this thing too but it's massive and it's crawling up to us and I turn to him and I go dude what the hell did you just do Do you know what you just did he goes what I said that damn thing's coming home to me I live in this town and you threw a freaking piece of pizza to it what the hell are you thinking
1: So this thing is crawling towards you.
2: Yeah, he is.
1: Wow. And so how far away is it as it's crawling
2: towards you? I'm being very generous in distance as far as how far it was. 15 feet, right? We're on the edge of this ravine. It's all cleared where we're at. There's no brushes or that tr- You can have perfect view of this thing. Mm-hmm. And by the way, these things would have a perfect view as well of anything that was going on in the, the cemetery or other places. It was a perfect place. I know what it is, and I know that sounds arrogant, sounds like you'd be an expert, but there can be no other thing that is some form a spiritual, etheric entity that can move like that. There's nothing else that can do it. It's weird because I'm not, like, super freaked out about it, like, scared. As much as I'm pissed off that he threw that pizza and for my research and knowing what these things and what other people said instinctively i knew this thing was coming home
1: Hmm.
2: and in the end it did come home.
1: did he see it crawling
2: up too oh hell yeah he did i go you think we should pray oh no 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 i'm like all right i've had enough i said Getting the car, we're going. And I'm like, this thing is now like, le- I'm being very generous from the distance, 15 feet crawling up That I mean, it's massive. It's like a car. I was only about four or five feet away from the front car door, right? Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, I was pissed off at him and more fascinated about what's going on. I didn't, the dread and fear, fear didn't come until later on, months later, right? But at the time, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. I'm like, is this really an animal? Is this real? Is this really happening? How can this possibly be happening? How is this happening to me? This is in the middle of my town. This is in the middle of a freaking cemetery and a freaking ravine. And this thing that size is crawling up a freaking. this is all the things running through your head. You know what I mean? You're dumbfounded. You're like baffled and amazed and everything else. But as it's crawling up to me and this dude, there was something so off about him i wanted to go i didn't know who i was with i was actually more worried about the guy than this thing crawling up that makes any sense that's interesting
1: yeah uh, yeah before you hopped in your car how close did it get to you
2: i say 15 feet but that's i'm talking about the head i don't know how close the hands got Mm
3: -hmm.
2: i didn't see it when i got in the car Mm
3: -hmm.
2: but then again i was like I was focused on getting the hell out, be honest. Right, with you. right. So, I mean, you know what I mean? It could, if it would have stood up and been right next to me, I still would have just gotten, you know. And as I'm driving away, drop them off, mean, we're talking and all that, I was asking him, so what kind of shamanism are you into? And he says, so I'm into this. What he called dark death shamanism, I or death, dark shamanism, like that. Those two words were in, in shamanism. I'm like, oh, I never heard of such a thing. And I'm looking at him, and I go, doesn't that bother you? He goes, oh, no. And then he starts bragging about Lucifer. That's when driving him home, right? And I'm the more I'm thinking about this, I'm like, man, I really made a wise decision taking off because now i got to get rid of the real problem, huh. which is not the Bigfoot. It's this dude is supposedly supposed to be a, a crow shaman. I never eventually really got to his house. There was a restaurant, an Italian restaurant. And he asked me to pull in there into the the driveway, and I dropped him off. And he walked the rest of the way to his house. But as I'm watching him, when he's walking in there, I he just disappeared. Not it, he just kind of just got some and just, just and like, why did that guy not want me to take him all the way to his house? I'm thinking to myself, how the hell did all this just happen? How did my brother, the night before, basically prophesy I'm going to hang out with a Native American? There's no Native Americans around where I live. I'm telling you, there's not. And I know damn well that guy didn't live in that neighborhood.
3: Hmm.
2: Did you ever see him again? No. Hell no. I offered, I said, you know, you give me your phone number, we'll talk, or exchange emails and all that. He didn't want anything to do with that. After we just had one of the most amazing experiences, right? You would think, you know, if you had an experience with somebody somebody else, even if you didn't really know them, after that, there was kind of like a bonding experience, right? Yeah. You would want to be friends. This guy wouldn't want to. After we just saw fricking Bigfoot crawling up the freaking ravine, getting about 15 feet max from us.
1: Right. You mentioned that, that you had been doing a little gifting.
2: Yeah, and it wasn't a lot. It was just once. And it wasn't even that big of an effort. I just like just a cross thing on the, the edge of the, the stream.
1: And when you say a cross, did you make a cross out of sticks or something? Is that what you yeah,
2: mean? she told you to do something like that. Make a cross, mm-hmm. make an X, man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just lay it on the ground somewhere. You know what I mean? And I'm telling you, then the orb thing, then the UFO stuff. I mean, all this super stuff, supernatural stuff started happening. I didn't believe in any of it.
1: Did it start with Bigfoot and then this other stuff kind of followed along with it?
2: Absolutely. And Mm -hmm. in the same time period. I mean, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, what the hell am I going to do? You know, a month ago or a couple of weeks ago, I'm saying, this is all bullshit. Literally. Right. What am I going to do? You know, I got a scientific background. How do I explain to people what just happened? Mm -hmm. And who's going to relate with me with this? Because who's, you know, if you talk to people in the Bigfoot community, then they have this derogatory I feel it's a derogatory term. It's the woo fact. Right. Yeah. Mm hmm. And yeah. I think the delivery put it there as a, del- as a derogative term to kind of keep people shut about the yeah. full well, Bigfoot experience. Because it's more than just seeing some dude walking around or coming in and out of the woods. There's a lot more going on.
1: Absolutely there is. Absolutely there is. And, and that's why we've reclaimed the woo. It is a term of pride for us. The hardest thing, even for people who are you know generally open-minded, the hardest thing to grasp is that something like Bigfoot, say, can be ephemeral and kind of like spirit and kind of not there. And then it can have a physical presence and be there and be very physical. And, Absolutely. That, and that's a very difficult thing. How soon after this experience where the shaman fellow threw the pizza into the gorge or whatever there, did it show up in your backyard?
2: Physically, the next major sighting was December the 17th.
1: Weeks, months, days.
2: So well, it's from from August to December. How many months is that?
1: All right, there you go.
2: But I've seen things in the process. I've had weird things like like the tree knock. Only happened once.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Only happened once, but it was so profound. I like it. it sounded like it came from inside. Of me. And the other thing is uh, uh, chatter. My backyard. I remember the day. It was uh, September. I was taking garbage out. In the back, to where we have a, like, detached garage. So I'm taking out the garbage, and the girl next to me, she's taking out the garbage, too. And when she's – we were talking because something was getting into the garbage. Mm-hmm. And so she had to put some kind of – she's – I put these straps on it, these bungees and these clabs, and they still open it up the lid. Mm-hmm. And as we're walking to, to take out the dump – put the garbage in the garbage can, we hear this Bigfoot – what they call chatter, right? hmm
1: Unknown language, in other words.
2: Yeah, that rah, 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 rah thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and, and I'm hearing that, and I go, "Whoa! Did you hear that?" And she goes, "Yeah, I heard that." It's over there by the railroad tracks, and I look over there, and, there, and that same house, that same time period, in that same couple months, lost two trees. The, the voices chatter. It's over there by the, the where there was like a ditch. You know, the railroad tracks always have like a little dish on both sides. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For water.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm looking. She's looking, and there ain't a damn thing over there,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but the chatter. And she goes, what is that? And I said, the boogers. I know for me and a lot of people, the, the more you get into this stuff, the more this thing seemed to manifest, real, really manifest, not just psychologically or in your dreams, your fantasies, they actually really manifest. I think you know what I'm talking about. I think anybody who's done this knows what I'm talking about. And I'm like, this was the chatter. It was just once. I had another time when, when something just called out Mike.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That was in my front yard, but there was nobody there, and it was early morning, and there was nobody. At first, I thought it might have been my neighbor across the street because he has cigarettes, but he was not there. There was nobody there. And I'm like, man. And these things just got more stranger as the time got on. But the thing is, no, we didn't see the thing. She wasn't focusing on Bigfoot. She wasn't paying attention. She wasn't, you know, she's living her life. You know what I mean? She's doing other things. She wasn't the last thing. She heard it along with me.
1: All this stuff is happening after he threw the pizza,
2: though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And did you notice that I'm starting to have now incidences where I have witnesses to verify or did or at least experience. I mean, it wasn't just me. We both heard it. And when on the way, we're talking about what to do about the garbage lid and garbage. Because mm-hmm. something keeps getting in there. It's not the raccoons. There's nothing big enough to do it. We don't have bears. We don't have mountain lions or foxes wouldn't do anything like that. The coyotes, where we live, they're runts, and they do everything possible to stay away from yeah, yeah, downtown. Yeah. Right, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the only thing possibly it could be is the hugest the hugest and smartest smartest raccoons or something else that has the ability to take off clamps and bungee cords right and dump all the garbage all over the place Hmm. i never went back to the nest after that there was no way in hell to go back to that nest after what i saw that night you know what i mean sure this is like this amazing discovery. I found this, this nest and it's going to prove it to people. And all this, that's what I was thinking. You know what I mean? It happens. I'm with this dude. And I'm like, I don't ever want to see that thing again. Why do I want to see that thing again? That thing yeah. was massive. Yeah. And if this thing wanted to, it could rip me in a million pieces just like that. Mm-hmm. It was massive. And it shimmered, man. It's sh- it, it was like it was electrical. Like, you know, if it's something that's just just electricity running through the whole body i don't even know what animal would do such a thing but it was shaking man it was shaking like it was electricity running through it wow
1: so what happens when it shows up in your backyard
2: i really need time to talk about that one it's serious it's extremely serious i mean we're talking crazy stuff manifesting in the house and I remember when it happened, and we we're walking out. we was taking my son to go for karate practice, and it was about five five thirty, and we we're going out to the car, and this thing. Now this one was more brown and leathery. It had the, like the leathery brown face, mm-hmm. it had a big head. My thinking is that it came out of projected out of this tree. In the end of the day, it could have been just. That was there and it manifested itself you know what i mean mm-hmm. some people call the cloaking or is it invisible i think it's on the other side of the veil and it goes through it myself i think that's my opinion some people call it a different dimension or whatever whatever you want to call it but i think they're always around us and there are times they're allowed to go through the veil for whatever reason
1: leaving for karate with your son five o'clock heading out the door
2: and this massive thing shows up there's a tree and there's my neighbor's garage and this thing which by the way right after that that tree died <laughs> its it I'm not I'm kidding that tree literally died interesting broken half so this thing manifests it comes from the roof the top of the roof of the garage and comes towards me it's like and like whoa when I'm looking at this thing it has well on 12 feet it's well over that. it's, it's got to be more like 16 feet Wow. 17 feet. It's massive, and it's it's not an ape face. It's very leathery, brown skin. It's got brown hair. It's got the grin on his face that people talk about. But this really did. Like, hey, I'm really happy to see you, or I'm here to scare the shit out of you. I wanted to. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. that look. I can't forget the eyes. And there was no color to his eyes. It wasn't blue or green. It was just like, like brown eyes as well, and big eyes. The dark reset eyes, right? Cone head, you know, I mean, it's like, oh, what did you bring with you?
1: As it's coming towards you, when you say it came from the roof, like, did it climb down from the roof, or did it just kind of come from that direction?
2: I don't, no, it did not climb. It's like it just flowed in, you know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. from, it went from, like, being above the, the garage, and it's it's big, you know what I mean? It's, but as it's floating coming in to me obviously as it's getting closer to me it's getting bigger and bigger right, right. sure and so well, this face is right there and I'm like and, and did- I can't and I, and I, I was on any dr- drugs any hard drugs anything like that I mean th- this thing happened and I wasn't even thinking about Bigfoot at the time you know I could kind of just I wanted to do a dry spell because, you know, when I do things, I'm one of those people that just, I go full bore at one thing, I'm very linear, I got to learn everything about that one subject, so I get burned out. then I go to the next one, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I really burned out of the Bigfoot thing, and I was just like, okay, I've seen Bigfoot, I've seen these things, I've seen them pop up in the ground, I've seen the damn things, 15 feet for me, I've seen them in different colors, I've seen, I've seen enough, you know what I'm saying, basically. Mm-hmm. So I'm not focusing on Bigfoot, and this thing shows up, <laughs> just like Bigfoot. <laughs> Now I'm now feeling that threat, to the uh, that uh, dread that people talk about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and doom. And like, oh, shh. This thing came and floated into my driveway. It like shocks you to your core. And there's just kind of hard to operate, right? As far as what to do. What's next? What do I do? I'm going to go back home. Is it going to be there? Right. The finale, one of the finales of the three days, and I'm sleeping in my room. I'm very concerned about my son. My my son has turned this white, like he looked like a ghost. From what happened, it's like something actually attacked my son during when that face and all those entities showed up in my driveway and that Bigfoot showed up, something attacked my son. And, And my son, by day three, I mean, he's just like just looking in the mirror Strangely, And he's pale white. So I'm really concerned about my son. I'm hearing stuff on the outside and all that kind of stuff. I'm seeing what's happening in my house. So on the third night, I'm sleeping in the same room with my son. I'm right next to him. I'm very concerned. I'm thinking something's going to happen to my son. 3.30 in the morning, around 3.30 in the morning, is about the time my neighbor up there, Mike, me and our good friends. He comes to home from work every night, 3.30 a.m., something wakes me up Something was walking on my porch back and forth hmm. and i'm hearing it and i get the most pissed off i think i've ever been in my entire life i make this sound rah, 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 you know like, like talking in tongues screaming out loud screaming effing this nothing get the hell off my roof right and i hear this thing just run right like it's been shocked and it doesn't know where to go so it's going back and forth and eventually He's off my roof, right? So, Mike, he pulls into the driveway, which is in the back of our place. This thing just run off the roof, right, that I screamed at. Didn't Mm -hmm. see it, but I heard it. He saw it. When he pulled in, he said the next day when I saw him, because we're out in the back, and I said, Mike, there's been a lot of strange things happening, man. Did you see anything weird last night? And he says, Yeah, man, I saw this dude, this really long dude, big. He's long, skinny, and he's all dressed in black. And he's walking on their side of our property, and he's walking at the, the side back of it, like he's going to lead down the road, side street. And he's just standing there. And he says, You know what? I, I got him a car and I, and I drove off after him to see what because somebody's walking in our back of our yard. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. 30 in the morning what the hell right. is it still what's going on and he want to know what the hell is going on he said he wouldn't go chase him he couldn't find it he just took it off but he said it is this black tall skinny dude hmm. and when well, I mean like it's all black
1: right right he saw something after you heard it go off your roof
2: yeah my son's there when I get it we have this attack on the end my neighbor sees it so there's mm-hmm. people or others see it did your son me.
1: see the creature in the backyard or in the driveway? The one on the way to karate.
2: You know, I didn't talk to him about it. I just assumed he did. Mm-hmm. I didn't talk to him about it at all. How, how do you? What am I supposed to talk to my six-year-old son about what just happened? Yeah, yeah. Hey, son, is everything going to be right? That was just a bigfoot, and all that. And I'm just like, <sighs> I'm hoping. I was hoping maybe he did see. it. When we talk, But that time he's six, and I'm, I'm forty-nine. I don't know what the hell is going on. How the hell does he know what's going on? How am yeah, I supposed it's... to say to my six year old son, hey, dude, there's a bunch of uh, spirits and uh, demons or Bigfoots or whatever the hell's going on, and they're in our house attacking us.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it might have been better not to mention it, sure.
2: But what I did do is I did a lot of praying and I spent all my time right next to him. I, for three days, I slept in his room. Mm-hmm. But after that, and after I got really aggressive, and saying, get the hell out of here, or the name this, that, and everything else, they never came back. And this thing ended. Interesting. So
1: just to sort of recap, in your experience, this creature, not a physical creature at all.
2: I believe that they can...
1: They can be physical, but they not, they're not like yeah, a, just, an animal.
2: Just, a yeah, I mean, they can manifest and come into the, the physical plane, mm-hmm. but for the most part, they're operating parallel to us in the spiritual realm, because I know they're right there. And it doesn't need to be deep in the woods. You don't need to be any... I mean, you as somebody who's done your own investigation, I know you know what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah. Oh, I've said it myself. You don't need to be way out in the middle of the wilderness. They're a lot closer than people think. Thank you so much for sharing your stories. <laughs>
2: Thank you for giving me this opportunity. It's great therapy. Thank you, man.
1: Well, it's my pleasure. 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy. If you have a puppy and you need help with training, 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy has a relationship-based approach to training that helps you and your puppy become perfect for each other. They have online sources, video lessons, they have a secret Facebook group. But of course, one-on-one options are available as well. You can find 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy at SitHappens.us. Look for the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy can help you understand how your dog thinks and apply proactive training methods so you and your puppy can become perfect for each other. So whether you need help with mouthing and biting, potty training, fear and nervousness, barking, chewing on furniture or shoes or other things your puppy shouldn't be chewing on, crate training, hyperactivity issues, leash training, and more, 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy can help you. They can teach you what to do and also, perhaps more importantly, what not to do. Again, you can find him at SidHappens.us. Look for the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. Before we do our Curiosity of the Week, I would like to thank Carl P. for his generous PayPal donation. Thank you very, very much. That's a huge help. Our patrons help. The PayPal donations help. Supporting us through our Etsy shop helps. It all helps us to make Strange Familiars and keep content coming your way. So thanks again, Carl. All right, we have a curiosity.
0: This is probably one of, like, sort of what might have been called an arcade card.
1: An arcade card.
0: I think because it's the right size and kind of the right time period. So this is. Sort of like the equivalent. Remember those little folded up things we used to do when we were kids that would fold up into,
1: um, what do they call them? Oh, I remember, like, I, I, I know what They you're were triangular,
0: about and like you would... Um, and
1: they, you'd ask questions. you ask
0: questions, like, and at one time I knew how to fold them all You'd open them up,
1: and then yeah, you, depending you, on how you, many times you open them, you get different... Yeah,
0: yeah, it was like... They had like four different sections. So this doesn't do that at all. This doesn't do that at all. <laughs> but it reminds me of a sort of like proto version of it where, because this has your future husband on it.
1: Yeah, but it's a it's a palm reading card.
0: Yeah, and it kind of tells you about what your future husband looks like. and what Based
1: you... on the shape of your hand.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you want to read it? Oh No, you can read about your future husband.
1: Okay. Well, it shows a picture of your future husband on it, in case you are curious.
0: He's not really my type, but, you know.
1: He's, he's not a bad looking guy. Yeah, he's just yeah. not my type. Yeah. Your future husband. Mm-hmm. So this is for someone with shorter, stubbier fingers, I suppose. Is that what they're showing there?
0: They almost look like they're squared off
1: at the end. So Your uh, fingers are called square fingers. I'm reading from the card here. Oh, okay. And combined with your comparatively large thumb, show that you have great perseverance, foresight, order, and regularity. It is the hand of a thorough commercial genius, greater in execution than in conception, and a progressive, law-abiding citizen and a steady plotter not speculator. Rather strict in your methods, exacting as much from others as you exact from yourself, insisting upon punctuality, neatness, and correctness in every detail. You are a lover of athletic sports, are fond of reading, traveling, and take very little on trust. You are a good diplomat, shrewd, and practical.
0: I don't think that one's for me.
1: (laughs) Well, you don't don't have squared-off fingers, so...
0: No. One of us has a hitchhiker's thumb. Oh, yeah. I got a
1: major <laughs> hitchhiker's thumb. There's some people in the Strange Familiar's Discord who find my hitchhiker thumb particularly disturbing.
0: I do, too, because it looks like it's constantly—in I in fifth grade, I'm going to call him out. I'm going to call the kid out.
1: Uh-oh. <laughs> Allison's name and names.
0: In fifth grade, Chris G- he just located my thumb in a vicious game of bombardment because I was the last person on my side because, you know, I didn't really participate. I was just hovering in the back. I mean, you can imagine how this goes. I was just hovering in the back, holding the ball, hoping that time would run out before I had to do anything. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes what happens is like that avoidance leaves you as the last man standing. Mm-hmm. So I was the last man standing, and it was just him and me. And I knew I was going down. And I just stood there and took it. And he threw the ball as hard as he could, and he hit my ball, and then it went into my thumb, and I dislocated it. Mm. And that's what your thumb looks like all the time. That's my story. My,
1: my kid checker thumb looks dislocated.
0: Chris went on to be the valedictorian of our class. So I'm just saying.
1: I'm going to bleep this, by the way. His last name. Just so.
0: <laughs> I have I have real no problem really with Chris. <laughs> <laughs>
1: People will hunt him down. (laughs) Back to our curiosity of the week. (laughs) The arcade card. Yeah. The palm reading arcade card. It's got all the different lines on it, but I guess it's based more on the shape of your hand. In any case, some kind of hand divination card. Mm. Arcade card. There'll be an image of this in the show notes. Mm -hmm. If you click on that, it'll take you to our Etsy shop where you can purchase this and other curiosities of the week. We still have some left up there. Also on Etsy, copies of my books. If you get them from Etsy, they come sign. Etsy's the only place you can get my art book, Apparitions, Illustrations of the Other, unless you catch me live somewhere. We have Strange Familiars t-shirts there, a few of the long sleeve high strangeness tour shirts, and the classic Awoken Tree shirts, Strange Familiars stickers, original artwork, prints, and more. Go ahead and check it out. Our Etsy shop name is Lost Grave. But if you type in Strange Familiars, you should see our stuff come up. And while you're on Etsy, check out Chad shop, Ruck Rabbit Outdoors, and our friends at Karmic Garden as well. That's it for this episode of Strange Familiars. We'll be back soon with more. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music books, art, podcasts, and more. Intro and background music is by Stone Breath. If you want to hear more Stone Breath or purchase music, you can go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com. Strange Familiars is on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars, where you can join the Strange Familiars gathering group. We are on Instagram, at Familiars, and you can find us on the web at strangefamiliars.com.
5: I ramble Among the leaves so fine I overheard a young woman And burst with rain of dye Her hair was black Her eyes were blue Her lips were red as wine She smiled to gaze upon Live old Rain or Die. She said, Good sir be civil, my company.